Welcome to The Table, where three women of three generations are navigating together how to pursue God as Father, Jesus as Lord, and Spirit as Shepherd through every stage of life. It doesn't always look pretty, and it's never perfect, but we're always aiming to sharpen each other as iron on iron. So sister, pull up a chair, settle in, and get ready to grow with us in today's episode of The Iron Women. Welcome back to today's episode of The Iron Women Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We are continuing our series about integrating the spiritual. And today we're going to be talking about how that is a mindset. What are some practical tools um, that you can implement into your life just in the coming week? Um, But before we get into that, we want to start off with our connection point question and go around the table and answer, what is your favorite part about being your age? Anyone got anything? I have, you know, being 53 um, brings a lot of different things to it, but I love the fact that I've learned some things and I'm able to sit down with women and give them some practical advice, some tried, true, tested ways of doing this spiritual life. So that to me has actually, you know, I've got some experience under my belt now. And that my children are adult children. I love adult children. (laughs) I love being an adult children. (laughs) (laughs) Lord. Um, Okay, well, I'm 30. Actually, I'm 36 in a week. Oh, happy birthday. Happy early birthday. I think what I like most about my age is that I'm young enough to where my body is still really capable (laughs) of my ridiculousness and pushing it to do crazy projects, as you guys all saw in my yard today. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And... Uh, but I'm, I feel like I've got some years under my belt to kind of help me to have some like retrospect, like looking back on my, on my life and having like a little bit more wisdom. Uh, the Lord's kind of shown me a little bit, but I'm, I'm still young and I don't know, man, I feel like I'm going to be like the 60 year old that acts like a 22 year old or something mentally. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just feel like that's just always going to be a part of my life. Yeah. Well, I am the 27 year old that feels like she's 60 years old. (laughs) I am the mom of the friend group, but, um, my thing is probably favorite thing about being my age. I honestly think people in my generation, um, we care actually less about age than any generation before us in a lot of areas because I never think about how old people are. And I mm. never think about how old I am compared to other people. I don't really think that means – I'm not talking about like what y'all said about wisdom and learning things through life yeah, the, yeah. the older you get. Like just practically like I think a newer generation just cares less about age is like it's an, uh, a negative thing. So I kind of like – the prospect of having time in front of me, hopefully, if God wants it, but and just enjoying the season you're in. Yeah. Not wait waiting. I want to be five years ahead or ten years ahead. I like I'm I'm just enjoying being twenty seven. Yeah. Being content in that. So yeah. That's what I like. I feel like I remember that when when I was like mid to later twenties. Like I just had this contentment like I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm not like a punk eighteen year old anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Anything feels better than that. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. You do get more respect once in your upper 20s for some reason. So No offense to any punk 18-year-olds listening. <laughs> we <Yeah>. love you. <laughs> okay. So today's episode is about integrating the spiritual. Um, and what does that even mean? We're going to break down what we mean by that. Um, we've previously talked about integrating spiritual disciplines, uh, the word and prayer specifically in the episodes prior, but what does it even the concept of integrating the spiritual mean? Um, I know mama, you specifically have thoughts on it's a mindset that kind of integrates into every area of life. And that's what it means to integrate the spiritual. Yeah. I'd kind of be interested in just, you know, before I dive into that, throwing it over to Lauren and just saying, okay, so when someone says integrating the spiritual, what are your first thoughts? I think when I think about integrating the spiritual, I think I think about this is like the practical of how you prioritize the spiritual, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what we're kind of coming off the back of is prioritizing our spiritual aspect of our life. And this integrating piece of that is really how we go about that. Okay. We know that it should be a priority. These are the ways that it can be a priority, but now there's like a full integration of becoming like spiritually integrated, I guess is the best, like this whole knowing that like we are spiritual beings first yeah. And kind of how that flows into, okay, we prioritize and integrate. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think the fact that it's hard to kind of describe what it is, because we've had a few conversations between the three of us about this. And so trying to bring it to something that can be helpful is going to be the key here. So yes, I think it kind of starts with realizing that we were originally created as spiritual beings and then sin came into that. Yep. And because sin entered into this concept we call life, we now compartmentalize things. Yep. It was never meant to be that way. Mm-hmm. It was always meant to be that the spiritual aspect of life was the main aspect of life. It yep. was the only aspect of life and everything would flow through that. So now that we live under the curse, we have to now look at all the different aspects of our life, and we have to somehow figure out how do I put God into them? And I'm of the personal opinion that that is the incorrect way to look at it. Yeah, I... I had always kind of heard when I like first became a Christian, I had always kind of heard it as like a checklist, like God first and then your husband and then your children and Mm. then your ministry kind of like, as that, like they were trying to teach us like that ministry mindset and everything. And I was like, okay, I think I'm getting it. But now I feel like I have a more holistic kind of approach that like, it's not God's at the top of the list. Like, and I, whatever, this is cheesy or whatnot, but God literally is the list. Yeah. How to yeah. integrate him. I heard you speak about this, Deanna, about how you integrate him into every aspect. It's not God first. It's God and my marriage. Yeah. God and my parenting. God and my ministry. Like how you fully, it's an integration. Like I don't, I just keep coming back to that word that it's a full, it's a, 
It's an integration of the whole entire thing becoming one whole part. Yeah. And we're kind of working from backwards coming forwards. Um, so if you think about it, you know, ladies will ask me, how do I, you know, how do I, you know, make God a priority in my life and how, and so I ask them questions and what I'll hear them make comments like, okay, like I, I did the God part of my day. And I'm like, okay, that's where our thinking needs changed. Yes. The mindset change. And the older I get, going back to our connecting question at the beginning, the older I get, the more I'm realizing we need to pull away from that way of thinking and go more into a, it is a spiritual perspective on our 24-7. And doing whatever needs to be done to make sure that from the moment that I wake up to the moment that I have that falling asleep, that there's a spiritual perspective toward everything. And I will say the world does not do anything to help us in that area. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. We don't have to try to sin. We don't have to try to be fleshly. (laughs) Yeah. Or even just to think we're trying to put, okay, like this week, I want to make my husband my priority. Yeah. And really focus on that. Well, then there we go again. We're making a focus the husband. Yeah. When the focus should be my relationship with God and how that affects Mm -hmm. my relationship with my husband. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you know, today, you know, it's it's been a crazy weekend, I really got to focus on my work projects. And what will happen is a woman that is a believer that loves the Lord, she could possibly go a week, two weeks, month, a year, and not even think about her spiritual relationship. Yeah. Because these other aspects of our life, we feel like we need to be, okay, I need to focus on that. I need to focus on that. Yeah, to be a good Christian woman. To be a good Christian woman, yes. So, okay, so how do you go about that? Because mindset changes are not easy. Um, I had written something down when we had talked about this a little earlier. It's you have to, before something can become just a natural way of life, a habitual part of your life, you have to be intentional about it. Yes. So intentionality has to come before habituality. Is that even a word? It is now. Okay. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I like it. Yeah. So when I realized that this God number one, husband number two, children number three, And number four and five varied for a lot of people. And this is when I started noticing there was a problem Mm. because I'm in full-time ministry and number four automatically became my work, which is my full-time ministry. But what about my friends that their work was a nurse, a receptionist, um, you know, a photographer, and then they had to consider ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, when that list mentality that I even inherited growing up from various places, it was it automatically assumes that you're married and you have kids. 
And I remember thinking growing up, but what about the people who are single? Yeah. They don't have kids. Like, right. what is their list supposed to look like? I guess mm. all they have is God number one and work number two. And it yeah. makes it almost seem like you got to fit. It was just yeah, like, like subtle. you're missing something was, in your life. It was just yeah. a subtle little thing that you don't realize in the moment. Like, oh, it sounds good. Yeah, God, spouse, kids, yeah. work. Blah. But it's automatically assuming everyone fits into this category. And I remember thinking when I was single, I was like, but I don't have that list going yeah. on. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe um, it's for the single person, God, then me. You know, yeah. Right. I mean, and then everything <laughs> right. else is about me, what yeah. I want to do. Right. So and what I, does that breed? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not saying I'm out there giving any major philosophy changes. I just realized that thinking that way started causing problems with how women looked at spirituality. Mm -hmm. It's not clock in, clock out. Yeah, I've always considered it until right. recently when I heard, you know, these type of discussions. It's it's just like what you said er earlier, going throughout your day and whether you're pouring your cup of coffee and you've asked him to join you in that moment with you. And yes. that's thanking him for something, for a blessing or like rem he's reminded you of something that's coming up that day. Like I'm just inviting you in my day today and I want to be reminded throughout the day, like little touch points. Yeah. Like yeah. I like you you text your best friend throughout the day or you keep your boss updated throughout the day on what you're working on like just integrating yeah um him into just the momentary yeah throughout love, the day i love that you used those two specific examples too as like your best friend which is kind of like a love relationship you know mm -hmm. you love that person so you want them invested in your life but there is also this boss aspect of like He's your Lord. Right. God is your mm -hmm. Lord, mm -hmm. you know, and he is your end all be all. And he has the first and the last say, yeah. you know, and so because it is very much like that, I tend to lean on this like love relationship. I just that's um, the environment that I was kind of saved in. It was more like love based, grace based and all that. And so that was kind of like ingrained in me. But I also, OK, a lot of my discipline has come from a love relationship with the Lord and that I genuinely do love Jesus. And my heart motivation is to spend time with the one that I love. But I'm also very much and painfully aware of the fact that I did not manifest that in myself. I did not create that. The Lord through time spent with him and just being his kid has planted that in me and yeah. has grown that. Yeah. And I mean, there's been work that I've had to do on, on my part, like the spiritual disciplines and, and whatnot, which I think has bred a sort of environment that's allowed that to grow, you know, but I also am very much aware of the fact that God grows my desire yeah. in my heart to be with him and yeah. to spend time with him and to fully integrate him into my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it goes back to some biblical concepts, biblical principles of God is a jealous God. Yeah. And God really hates idolatry. Yeah. And so we want to be very mindful of that, even in the idea, like you're saying, like, I love Jesus, I love God, and I want to do these things. There are times, and we've all experienced them, where the love is waning, 
yeah, on or, our side. Yeah. Yep. And what is going to continue to keep us in a spiritual perspective? Yeah. And I think anyone from, you know, your your most well-known spiritual leaders to that new Christian yeah. is going to experience those times. Absolutely. So spiritual how dryness, we, yes. seasons of, you know, yes. It's something that happens. It's very real. And, you know, and in those moments where if exactly how you just put it, where the love is waning. Yeah. We like that is where I feel like that foundation. Um, it just, it reminds me of that story of the man who built his house on the sand and the man who built his house on the rock. And yeah. when the storms came and everything else, you know, the house that was on the rock stood. And that's what I think when the love wanes or when the storms come, yeah. you know, that is when we do it anyway. Yeah. So how do we, how do we get to that point? Okay. So acknowledging the obstacles to this. So the world fights us on every level with this. Yep. Our flesh fights us. Um, we have to battle against things that we were taught growing up. Like, okay, so Sundays is my God time mm. or even like, okay, I did my relationship with God today. I did my reading and my prayer time. Okay, so, uh, you know, many Christians just that's how they perceive their spiritual life. Mm. And then the rest of the life is theirs to do what they want with. And if you ask them, like, how often do you think about what God thinks about what you're doing? Yeah. And like, well, and this is what this is what came to a realization of me. Like, I could go for days and not even think about the spiritual aspect of my life. Mm. And I was like, okay, something is not right here. Something's not right. So it was learning some, you know, getting some tools in my hand and learning this concept of, which kind of brought it to my forefront, practicing the presence of God. So that was like one of the first things is having an awareness that he is right with me at all times. So, you know, when we go through difficult things, a lot of people will say things like, okay, God is with you. And, and, and we really draw on that. We hang on to that. And hopefully the knowledge that we know God is with us, you know, is a strong um, belief system in our core being. But it's what about just every day? Like I wake up on Tuesday I continue to Wednesday and Thursday and I start making weekend plans and, you know, okay, where is God in all of that? And from what I have seen in scripture, that's what I feel like is what the spiritual life should be more of, having an awareness of the presence of God with me at all times. And so when I started thinking about that and learning about that, one of the obstacles I had to, it was a big hurdle for me, was I kind of was raised with this awareness of this cowering, um, you know, God's going to not be pleased with me all the time. And so then, then I had to go back and think, okay, like, how can I get past this feeling of that God's always upset with me? Like I'm, and I had to learn some biblical truths. This is why like, I'm one of those women that's just like, theology matters. Yeah. I've been saying that for years, like theology matters. Doctrine is essential to this yeah. Christian life, because I can't live with this awareness of God 
um, knowing that he's pleased with me, that he loves me, but there's more that he wants for me, more that he has for me, areas that he still wants to chisel in my life, areas where he wants to say, Deanna, you're focusing too much on that, Mm. or please bring me into this aspect of your life. And so as I had tools coming into my life when I was having these realizations, this is when I started realizing, oh my goodness, I I only went half a day not thinking about the spiritual aspect of my life. And it was years of being intentional and using tools to train my brain, to retrain a mindset of, okay, and now I'm at the point where I just think this way. My whole life goes through the filter of spiritual mindset. What I find so, I just thought of how easily when you have this conversation with people and it's a brand new concept to them like how easily we are quick to integrate our family into every decision throughout the day yeah or i filter everything in my life through my job yes. my work schedule or yes. i filter everything in my life through uh what my spouse needs my kids soccer schedule everything in my life filters through that or my health everything filters yeah, through yeah, what right. i know about my health condition or things i'm struggling with or you know, how often am I going to get to see my friends this week? Can I still go get my coffee? Blah, 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 blah. Mm. Uh, my errands, the to-do list, everything filters through the to-do list. But when it comes to bringing up the topic of, well, how about we think about using God as the filter and the relational aspect of Jesus abiding with us yeah. all day long? How about that's the filter? And people are so, I mean, it's new mm. to them. But for some reason, why do we bristle at that? Oh, well. Oh, be- I think, yeah. <laughs> because we're so quick to go like, Oh, well, everything, I have to run it through my family, run it through my husband, run it through my kid's schedule, run it through blah, blah, blah. But then when it comes to, well, how about we run it all through the Lord? Yeah. It's like, oh. Because then we're afraid that we're not going to get what we want. Yeah. Because if we have to live under lordship, then that means that I'm not going to get to do what I want to do. Accountability. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Those are great words. Lordship, accountability. It's all through the New Testament on what the Christian life looks like for us now. And why do people bristle? Because a lot of people come to salvation or they come to a walk with the Lord under this, I don't know this, it's not a false view, but it's a very um, unbalanced shallow view of come to Jesus, he'll make everything wonderful. Unbalanced. It's, yes. Yeah, it's very unbalanced. And the thing is, when I, when I received the gift of salvation, the idea of that was, yes, I have been saved from eternal damnation mm. and given, you know, life eternal with God. And now I have, you know, Christ in my life and all this wonderful stuff. But it's also, I yield and submit yes. to whatever you say. Yep. And so what we do is let's just take the job. We get a job. 
And we all say, like, like I mean, you can't make these arguments with people anymore because they just like, they'll turn you off. It's like, well, they bristle. I, they bristle. <laughs> well, this, my job, this, and my job, this, and I have to this, and I have to this. And so what we've in, unintentionally done is the job then is the number one priority. Right. And so I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this because my job this. Right. And so that's when you have to say, well, then let's take the job and put it on the altar. Yep. Because my work submits to God's will first. And let's say it's, you know, I'm... I'm heading into the grandparent stage of life. Not that I'll no, ever. No, she's get... not. Okay. <laughs> we are years away from that. Okay. Well, maybe one day. I have the heart for it. <laughs> and I can totally see how if one of my blessed children <laughs> gives me the all wonderful perfect little Bartlett grandchild, I could very much see how I want to drop everything mm-hmm. to just be at the beck and call and beck and need of this child that I it doesn't even exist yet. And so I see a lot of women my age that will immediately like clear their entire life. I am available for my grandchildren first. Hence, I can't be do commit. Yeah. And that's an idol. Yep. And until we really understand that, that God hates idolatry. Yeah. We're going to have some dilemmas in our life. And so mm-hmm. mindset change, you know, I'll have conversations with my husband or other women um, that are trying to help women learn this concept. And they're like, we're scared to death to say this to people mm. because Everyone will just kind of be like, well, you don't know my situation. No, I don't, but I have my own situation, you know? Yeah. And situation does not change what God has said. Listen, I'm Lord of your life. I have say over everything. You don't, you don't have that sick child or that well child without me. Mm-hmm. It's all mine. It's on loan to you. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with the job, the skill, the talent that I've given you? And this is where we have to start taking some steps to, okay, first of all, just get real with God and a pen and paper and say, (laughs) okay, God, what are all the areas of my life? And I've done this. I, I do this quite often. Of, I just write down every aspect of my life from the little things I committed to, to big things. Um, and that's what we call some of our limits. And then we have to evaluate, like, is it really a limitation or have I made it a limitation? And so I write down everything in my life and then I say, here it is, God. Here it is, God. Are you Lord in every one of these aspects or... Are you getting pushed to the side because of some of these aspects? And the thing is, we will never reach 100% on this. Yeah. And we have to understand that all of us women that are, we want perfection, you know? Guilty. Yeah. I mean, we're all guilty of this. But this is when Paul says, we strive. 
we strive for these things. Yeah. So one of the things I did was I looked up a thing and I've referred to it before and I finally got his name right. Brother Lawrence practicing the presence of God. I downloaded the free PDF and I downloaded it on paper to where the other side was blank sheet. And I just went through all of his thoughts on what it's like to practice the presence of God. And I prayed through those and, and I tried to implement some of those things. And in that, just saying, God, I want this attitude mm. that no matter what, you are the first thought, you are the last thought, what you say is the first go-to. It was a it was a book called um, A Thousand Gifts by Ann Voskamp. Mm. Just a book that was just like, okay, ladies, let's start thanking him for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, okay, I'm going to go through this. I'm not just going to do a quick read of the book and think, oh, that was such a great book and not do anything. It was like, okay, how am I going to now implement this? And I waller in it and I start making changes to my lifestyle to where I can start saying, okay, all of these aspects, I thank you for these things. Yeah, that was definitely, um, I don't know when that kind of shifted for me, but um, I think that this was, this was early in my Christian walk. Just the Lord allowed me to have just this um, perspective of gratitude, I guess, and he started calling my attention to how much I would complain Yeah, in like little situations stuck in traffic, you know, mm. or at like red lights or like something would just like make my heart get so aggravated. And then, um, you know, I just felt like the Lord called my attention to it. Like, why are you so upset right now? Yeah. And then, um, like for instance, if you take the traffic thing, um, all of a sudden my mind would start shifting to what if there were a drunk driver, mm. two miles down the road from here. And this light is taking forever because the Lord's protecting me from something that would have happened had he not stopped me for this long over here. Yeah. And something shifted in me when God started calling my attention to that stuff. Yeah. And it did. It helped me to have this like heart of gratitude that even in the situations that seem crummy <laughs> and sucky, yeah. it's this knowing that I have a God who loves me. I have a God who cares for me, who is caring for me, who's tenderly watching after my life and all of the moments in, in it. And you know what it was? It was the scripture that the Lord does everything for our good. Yeah. Romans 8. And for his glory. Yeah. And if we truly believe that. Yeah. And we filter everything kind of through that kind of a mindset then you can really start looking at some situations in your life. Um, and even just like day to day, you know, this is for my good yeah. and this is for his glory. And I'm good with that. Yeah. I think we don't realize how, how we get into a mindset and we've got to work hard on being willing to change a mindset. And so how do you start doing that? Let's just start by talking to God about it. Yes. God, what am I not seeing here? <laughs> yeah, he's and, faithful. Yeah. He's faithful yeah. when we're not faithful. Right. And then writing down every aspect of your life and how you view that. Do you, are you viewing that through the lens of spirituality? 
um, God's presence. The other thing you can do is you can, there are some great apps out there and I, I love tools. I love resources. There's one called the pause app and it's free and you can actually set timers just to come off, go off during different times of the day, just to kind of bring you back. Yeah. And for those women that have to work in a secular environment, a worldly environment, my goodness, that would, that would be so hard. Yeah. You know, and, and here you go, you have an app that goes off at one o'clock that says, take a, take a second to pause. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's right. I mean, you, you can go to the bathroom stall. Yeah. yeah. Throw in your AirPods and go do a pause and practice the presence of God. And the crazy thing about this is that the more that you do this, yeah. the more that God changes your heart and yes. desire for it. Yes. And you get, you build this like appetite for it Yeah, and you become thirsty and, and you long for it on, you know, maybe days that are crazy busy and that you realize that you haven't done this or you haven't, um, had your attention and focus on God. There's something in you that longs deeply for it. So Mm -hmm. it's, and that takes time to get to where you almost long for it. This is a long game girls. This is a long game. Um, so, but kind of drawing it in here, I just wanted to review some areas that if you just are like a list person and you need some ideas of how to practically put this into your next coming week per se, here are some areas that um, you can try integrating the spiritual in your life over the next week, whether that's, you know, pausing in your car before you walk into work just to pray and say, God, I'm inviting you to walk with me into work today and to be in this space with me or to be at the dinner table with our family tonight when we eat, um, or just being aware of him before you enter into a new space or into a conversation with someone. Um, ob- obviously, we've already covered in the previous episodes the power of integrating prayer and the word, Bible study, and reading. Um, that's kind of where all of this has to be rooted in because you can't just go your whole life and doing the experiential side of things without the foundation of the actual word fueling all of this. That's yes. where it has to be rooted in. So that's that's something that you got to start with, and then everything flows out of, of that. Um, worship music. I mean, I'm obviously big on worship, which is what I, I love in life because I love music in general. But truly worship music can change your perspective. Like, again, for me, a lot of the time, it's the three minutes I have between me being home and getting into work in the morning. I have a very short commute. If it's just one song that I get in before walking into work, it can change my sometimes bad attitude every morning, just a spiritual mindset walking into my my community. It can be meditation, already mentioned through apps, several apps, Pause, uh, the Abide app, um, several resources out there. Some are for free, some you have to pay like a little thing for, but they're totally worth it because they help you create habits, create patterns that you otherwise don't even know where to start from. Memorizing a verse. It's its literally making your wallpaper on your screen a verse of the week. And so every time you open to text someone, you're just reminded for three and a half seconds of, oh, there's my verse for the week. Let me just read it real quick. Even you might not be super like, you know, dedicated in the moment into soaking it all in, and that, but just rehearsing it several times throughout the week is, you know, a form of, of memorization in a way. Um, when you go in to serve someone or something, if you're a volunteer at your church, just invite him to be a part of that because it's not about us doing a checklist of like, oh, I did my service this week. Oh, I watched the kitchen nurture- nursery. Oh, I, 
I did some admin work for the people in my church. Oh, I picked up some trash or I cleaned a bathroom. It's, it's God, like you've given me this time and this talent and I'm serving your kingdom, your people, my faith family. I want you to be in this with me. Um, community is huge. If you're, if you're surrounded by people who aren't doing this stuff, find some people who are because it's so much easier like we have each other around this table and because the three of us are having these conversations it infiltrates into my mindset because i know oh that conversation i just had two nights ago yeah. i think about that later on in the week yeah so if you're not having these conversations with your family your friends your church community on a regular basis you may need to find a, a new community um <laughs> and then just yeah, replacing <laughs> replacing the triggers so if you know your phone on the bedside table when you wake up every morning is the first thing you reach to. We put it across the room to where it's not that first thing or Burn basket something. If you know the the laptop or certain social media or watching Netflix is something that just sucks the life out of your week, all your free time. Um, it's just your default is oh fill it up with mindless content put some restrictions on that. Ask for accountability partner. Like, Hey, can you just check up on me throughout the week or the month and ask me, Hey, don't forget, uh, try to be, you know, filtering your life through, through your spiritual relationship. We literally bought a timer off of Amazon so that our TV shuts off at 1030 every night. Wow. Yeah. Just what like a, what a neat I've heard of ten, that $10 timer. Yeah. I've Click. heard of that. And then every sometimes we're like in the middle of like the climax of the show. My husband and I just look at each other we're like, <laughs> <laughs> should we go unplug it? Plug the TV back. <laughs> we need to know how this ends. Wait, God, <laughs> it's like we're too lazy. <laughs> and then really at the end of the day, this is only a work that the Holy Spirit can do. But that does require on your end sitting down and admitting to the Holy Spirit you need him. Amen. Because this can't work it up in your own flesh. It will not It will not work out long yes. term. You maybe can do it for a couple weeks in yep. your own flesh. But if it's without him, he's the one who brings the, the work to fulfillment in the end yes. through sanctification. So just Amen. get real and honest. Just embrace that it's hard. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. But it does get easier the more you do it. Um, and then at, really at the end of the day, you just have to choose it and be intentional like already has been mentioned. Yeah. Um, so those are just some practical things. Is there any, any last comments anyone wants to make on anything? Yeah, I, I call all those things my atmosphere. And I mean, just the way we started this conversation too, it, it really is an intentional thing. Like you, I, I love that you just mentioned like embrace that it's hard because it is, mm -hmm. but please don't give up before yeah. it becomes a delight, yeah, you know, because the Lord really does do the work in you. Do not grow weary in doing good, I would mm -hmm. say. Yep. So we're going to be breaking down over the next three episodes on how to integrate the spiritual specifically into those three big major categories of life that were talked about all throughout this episode, relationships, um, parenting, so a lot of family um, or friend aspects, and then the workplace, how to plug, you know, the Lord, that filter of integrating the spiritual into those big categories. So definitely uh, be waiting and check out those episodes um, over the next few weeks. And then to close out today's episode, we're doing something a little bit different. We're not doing a fun cup question because I found something random and exciting to do. It's a little <laughs> game. 
Okay, oh, no. let me pull it up. She does this to our family all the time. <laughs> I love this. this I live. Fun. I want to come to your Christmas. <laughs> I live. <laughs> okay. So I was watching YouTube and this uh, radio show, a Christian radio show popped up and it was a, a very popular, I'm not going to say their name because I don't want it to be in an uh, anything negative or positive, either way. A stumbling block. A, a very <laughs> well-known female um, author and teacher was on this radio show, and she was competing with the host of the radio show on, is it a Bible character name or is it a Disney character name? <laughs> oh, dear. And the reason I'm not going to mention who it was is <laughs> she, she prefaced. <laughs> she prefaced. The whole thing with, I've never seen a Disney movie. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm thinking, and I mean, this woman's probably in her 40s. I'm thinking, you have got to be kidding me. You've never seen not one, not single. Sh and she was like, so I've never actually seen a Disney movie, so I'm not going to be very good at this. But I know my Bible. And I was like, can't relate. Because <laughs> I know my Disney. Not so much my Bible. <laughs> but so the point of the game is, I'm going to hold up a name. And for y'all listening, you're not going to be able to vis visually see the name. Because it's important that you see how it's spelled. And blah, oh, blah, dear. blah. So I'm going to hold up a name and you just basically have to tell me, is it a Bible character name or is it a Disney character name? I think you should say it too so that our Yes, listeners... I'm going to say it. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the first one is Dorcas. Bible. Bible. Do you know where? Somewhere in the New Testament. What What? What about Dorcas? Who's Dorcas? I don't know Do you I don't know, know anything that. about Dorcas? I don't know that, but I know it's a Bible. Did name. she do something with linens? No. Is that your final answer? Bible? Bible. Yeah. That is correct. Bible named Dorcas. Yeah. Peter raised her back to life in Acts 9. Ah, okay. That's who Dorcas mm. is. For all of you who are naming their children crazy names, please do <laughs> yeah. not choose Don't the name use Dorcas. These. <laughs> Number two is Raya or Raya. But, uh, that's Disney. R-A-Y-A. That's the dragon. dragon. I have no idea who it is. I know what that is. Yep, she's correct. <laughs> Raya and the Last Dragon is a Disney movie that came out in 2021. Okay. So, Raya. Number three. Now, pay attention to how this is spelled. Mm. Hint, hint. Buzz. B-U-Z. Oh, that is the... Um, that's in the Old Testament. Buzz and... Uh, it, it, there was a rhyming name. Yeah, Buzz Lightyear is two Zs. Yeah, um... Oh, I was just looking at this a few weeks ago. Beazel Buzz? No. No, like it's Buzz and something else. They were like brothers or something, I think. So Buzz is a Bible name with one Z. Mm -hmm. It was the second son of Nahor in Genesis and yeah. occurs also in the book of Jeremiah as the name of a people group who lived in Edom. Yeah. Buzz. Uh -huh. Yeah. So y'all got that one right as well. Look at us. Y'all are three for three. <laughs> we are so godly, Lauren. <laughs> Number four, Magara. M-E-G-A-R-A. Magara. I'm pretty sure that's Disney. Okay, sounds very much like Megiddo. Um, I'm going Disney. Do you have any? Where in Disney? I don't know. I don't it's got to be one of the I newer ones because I'm not familiar Disney. with it. It is Disney, so you are correct, but not a newer movie. This oh. is a classic, Hercules, 1997. Oh, right. oh, I've never watched Hercules. She was the love interest yep, of Hercules. Of Hercules. Yep. 1997, almost as old as I am. Yeah. <laughs> but you got it right. It was a Disney. Number five, Mushi. 
M U S A D I Disney. Um, it's the He's a little, little tiny dragon on yeah. Mulan. Yeah. Wrong. I agree. Wrong, wrong, wrong. I disagree. Oh, I mean, oh, the first I one disagree. Wrong. Wait, that's Bible? Listen, Mushi is different than Mushu. <laughs> Mushu is in Mulan. Mushi is, is a Bible name oh. listed in the family oh. records of Moses and Aaron in Exodus. Sons of Merari were Molly and Mushi. Okay. <laughs> so that's your first one you got wrong, but <laughs> that completely changes my doctrinal belief system <laughs> on <right>. many levels. <laughs> Next one is Eudora. E U D O R A. Eudora. Bible. Um, Don't know where. I'm going Bible. It looks like something that I think Bible, like the demon or the something of Endora or something. I don't know. I'll, okay, she said Bible. Lock in your Disney. answer. Disney, Disney, locked in. Bible. Bible. Locking in Bible. It is Disney. Ah, poop. <laughs> I give that to you, Lauren, though, because there's like 25 <laughs> things in the Bible that sound like that. Eudora was Princess Tiana's mom in The Princess and the Frog in 2009. Oh, jeez. Okay, and I've never seen that. I mean, I've seen it sitting in the room with my children, but did I pay attention to it? Yeah, mm. no. Next one is Pua. P-U-A-H. Pua. Bible. Any context of Bible, mm -hmm. Mom? Let's just go Old Testament. <laughs> For some reason, I'm getting Moana vibes. Oh. Moana vibes? <laughs> For maybe it's Moana Pua. vibes. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. I think I'm going to go with Disney. Pua is a Bible name. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I'm not completely humiliated. <laughs> so in... Exodus. Oh, Old Testament too. Good. Shipra and Pua were two oh, midwives who yeah. briefly prevented yeah. genocide of children by the Egyptians. Oh, yeah. We knew that, didn't we? Oh, Mom? yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely that. knew that. Yes. Next one is Elon. Bible. E-L-O-N. Do you know where? Uh, oh, Old Testament. Old Testament. Ed no, that's Elon. Elon. Um, somewhere in the children of Israel's. Um, yeah, lineage. Lineage. <laughs> Elon is... <laughs> Is is a Bible name. He was a judge of Israel in the book of Judges. Okay, I just uh -huh. taught that. Elon. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't recall. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. How many times did you read it? <laughs> <laughs> Next one is Cocoum. K-O-C-O-U-M. Okay, that is not I'm Bible. going Disney. Disney. Yeah, I'm Disney. going Disney. Any guesses of what Disney? Something Hawaiian. Yeah, maybe Moana vibes again. <laughs> Cocoum is the love, well, sort of love interest in Pocahontas. Oh. She was supposed to marry. Oh, Co Cocoum. Should I marry Cocoum? Steady as a beating drum. <laughs> yep, 1995. I, just, I wish my, my voice sounded like that. You don't want to hear me sing that. <laughs> just a few more. Drusilla. Uh, Disney. D-R-U-S-I. One of the sisters. That's one of the sisters. Drusilla. It's okay, I'm going with Lauren on this. Evil stepsisters. Yeah. It's the Bible. <gasps> the Bible. The evil stepsisters are Driz no, Driz Anastasia Driz and Drizella or something Drizella. like that. Drizella. That's oh, not right. Dang. But it's Anastasia. So wait, else. that is Bible? Drusilla. Drusilla was Paul's first oh, trial before Felix and Drusilla. <laughs> Paul's first trial was before Felix and Felix's wife named what Drusilla. <laughs> A name's a name. Is this Two the more. KJV names? <laughs> Two more. Dolores. 
That's, oh, that's Bible. Bible. D-O. It's Timothy something. Timothy's grandmother or mother. Maybe not. Dolores? Yeah. yeah. It was, was she the... Um, no. The, the, um, the linen... No, that no. was Lydia. Lydia. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Dolores. I don't know, but I know Timothy's it's. I know it's Bible. Y- y- Is that your final answer, <clears throat> Erica? Give me hints with your I'm eyes. Not giving <laughs> hints. This is hey, a game. Not final answer. <laughs> Bible. <gasps> Dolores is not in the Bible. Dolores is a cousin in Encanto. The movie. Dang, and we started get real strong, but I, I think we need to end this before we embarrass I know. ourselves. Here's the last one. Okay. People will officially not listen to us I anymore. Know. Here's the last one. Ariel. Disney. Disney. A-R-I-E-L. Are you like pulling something on the spelling? Ariel. Both. Ariel. Oh, geez. Is this a because, trick? Well, I don't know the spelling. That's the thing. Ariel. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Exactly. Look at her singing. That was there really go. good. <laughs> Both is correct. It's uh-huh. a trick. Yay! High five, Lauren. Well, I didn't Ariel really was obviously ball, The Little Mermaid, 1989, and is listed in the Hebrew Bible in Ezra as a name that is translated to mean Lion of God or a name given to the city of Jerusalem in Chronicles and 2 Samuel. Amen. Amen. Oh. The more you know. The more you know. Well, that was Close us down, Erica. <laughs> I think we've totally irritated our audience by now. No. You're welcome. You're welcome. What can I say? I know, right? Let's do it. All right. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully you laughed a little bit. You learned something and you were challenged and you have some practical tools to go into the next week. And um, also, you can now email us with your thoughts, feedback, comments. Um, maybe if you've been passing this conversation on with your family or friends, spiritual sisters, let us know what you guys talked about in addition to what we've already done. You can email us now at Podcast at gmail.com. So thank you guys so much for listening and we'll hear you on the next one. Hey sisters, thank y'all so much for spending your time with us. We are excited and expectant for everything Jesus is going to do through these conversations. If you found this encouraging, insightful, or brought you some moments of joy or laughter, go ahead and share this episode with your spiritual sisters to keep today's conversation going. Then come on back and hang out with us on the next episode of The Iron Women.